Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined today by Richard Temperley, our Head of Investment Development. Together we will be looking at the investment market's performance over the last month and also discussing Zurich's current fund positioning. The Zurich Life podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on zurichlife.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. As always, this investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Good morning, Richard. I suppose we'll get straight into it. Uh, what sort of movements did we see across asset class markets last month? Well, good morning, Ian. Well, yes, last month equities continued um, their upward move. Um, reasonably strong across the board and we've got to remember of course that equities have been in a, a bull market now for over eight, eight years and uh, they've been pretty strong this year and the I suppose the big feature which we saw last month and we've seen for four or five months now is the strength of the euro currency which is which has hit the returns from from many international markets so we've seen strong international markets but we can convert that into a euro return, many of those ret- those strong returns have been eroded. So the euro currency has been a major feature, and that continued last month in as well. And what what are the some of the reasons behind the the change in the euro US dollar exchange rate? Okay, well the euro has been trading in a, in a range for about thirty months now, and that range is between one o five is the euro dollar rate between one o five and one fifteen, and this year it's moved from the bottom of that range to the top and has recently now broken out of, of the top of that range uh, and um, that, that has been as a major factor for eurozone returns. The reason for the euro strength has been we've seen, um, you know, we've seen strong uh, eurozone economic growth, we've seen hints from the ECB that, that they may begin to taper quantitative easing um, and also we've seen a narrowing of uh, spreads between US and German 10-year bond yields. So as uh, German bond yields rise relative to the US, uh, that has the effect of, of some euro strength. So we've seen a, a few reasons why the euro has been strong. It is now broken out into, into a new range. And uh, what we've done to counter that is we've taken money out of yeah, some money out of US dollar assets and we've hedged some of our dollar positions back into the euro. Okay, perfect. And I suppose we'll, we'll look at that in, in further detail later on. So there's a few different issues at play, I suppose, with the, the euro rate. But you, you did mention that um, the majority of world markets were up in local currency terms across the month of July. Um, and we're coming to the end of the, the Q2 earnings season, which is obviously a big focus, especially in the US. How's that been going? Okay, well, last month, as I say, yes, we, in local currency terms, markets were, were fairly strong across the board. Um, Ireland was in negative territory. That, that relates to mainly to, to a currency effect. Um, quite a number of uh, the companies on the Irish market um, earn many of their earnings outside of Ireland, outside of the Eurozone. The likes like of Kerry Group, Kerry, Kerry CRH, yeah. etc. There's also been issues with, with Paddy Power. So we, you know, we, we've seen um, some weakness in the Irish market, but apart from Ireland, everything else was, was in positive territory. Um, the strongest markets last month were Hong Kong, which was up over 6% and the US stock market was up almost 2%. And that relates to Ian to what you were referring to there, which was the, the corporate earnings season, okay. the quarter two corporate earnings season, which was particularly strong uh, in the US market. And that, that, that sort of meant that the US market performed strongly, al- along with Hong Kong and a number of, of, of other, other markets. Again, when we convert 
uh, returns back into as a eurozone return. Actually, we saw a negative return from equities last month overall of just under 1% negative. Uh, and that's, that's almost totally due to the currency effect. Again, underlying um, the overall stock market performance, there's different sectors doing different things. And we, we spoke about some profit taking across the technology sector in the month of June. Um, how did they bounce back in July? Okay, yes. Well, there were two, there were two features amongst the sectors in the US last month. Um, you referred to the technology sector and, and the FANG stocks, which again are Facebook, Amazon, Netflix and Google. And there was some profit taking in June in, in those particular stocks. But last month in July, they rebounded pretty strongly. For example, we saw Netflix up 25% last month, Facebook up, up 14%. And these technology stocks have been the driver for US returns um, so far this year. The US stock market is up over 10% in local currency terms. And as I say, they've been driven by the technology sector and particularly the stocks I just, just referred to. The other uh, feature as regards sectors last year, last month I should say, in the US was that some of the what we call bond proxy stocks like telecoms and utilities, which have been performing poorly because bond yields have been generally rising, um, there was uh, you know, some of these um, bond proxy stocks were bought last month from oversold levels. So we saw telecoms up about 5%, utilities up about 2.5%. So it's fair to say that uh, now it's, it's easy to strip out currency movements, but a lot of the markets do still have strong fundamental factors underlying them. Um, and you mentioned earlier in the opening paragraph just about the US and German bond yield spread. So just moving over to, to fixed in interest as an asset class, um, what sort of movements did we see there? Okay, well, um, the, the U.S. was there wasn't much movement last month in yields in the U.S., but we have seen German bond yields rising in the last um, month or so. So the German ten-year bond yield has been trading in a range for the last nine months of between 0.2 percent and 0.5 percent as regards the yield. And in the last while, we've seen that rise, that yield rise to the top of the range, up towards 0.5. And it's actually at the end of the month broke, just broke outside um, that, up just above 0.5, although in the beginning of August it slipped down again under 0.5. But that rise in yields, um, you know, is, is means that bond prices have, have fallen. Now, when we look at the month as a whole uh, for July, um, we see that actually bond prices actually rose marginally for Europe as a whole. But they were down in Germany, they were up in some of the peripheral markets. Okay. But in general, we don't see much value in Eurozone government bond yields, or Eurozone government bond markets. You mentioned there, I suppose, um, the phrase that's coming into everyone's vocabulary in terms of tapering and quantitative easing. What did we hear from, I know ECB President Mario Draghi had, had some comments in the media. Yes, there's been some, some conflicting uh, comments from him, um, initially that maybe the, the tapering of quantitative easing was on the radar screen and then laterally more comments that have been saying that maybe he's, he's not so keen on it. Um, there is a big conference coming up in the US towards the end of August where he will be speaking. So markets are very um, attuned to what he is saying. Um, in, in general, I think the markets expect now that there will be a reducing of quantitative easing uh, over the next year or so yeah. and that is causing, as I say, bond yields to pick up a bit and also the euro currency to strengthen as well. Um, just moving on to I suppose commodities and currencies there, um, 
as a general rule of thumb, when we see economic growth, we see commodity prices expanding, but there has been um, a good bit of volatility across different commodities um, over the, the first six or seven months of 2017. Yes, Ian. Uh, again, many commodity prices have been actually quite strong this year. The big exception until recently has been the oil price, and the oil yes. price has been uh, very weak in the first half of the year. Um, it was down about uh, 15% uh, in the first half of the year. Yes, the oil price, other commodities doing well. Uh, but because the energy sector is a very big component of the overall commodity index, uh, the price of oil has had a huge influence on the overall commodity index, which is also down despite the fact that many other component parts of that index are in positive territory. So what we saw last month in, in July was a big turnaround in the, uh, the oil price. Um, the oil price rose by almost 10% last month, a big move upwards. And that was mainly on the back of the fact that OPEC have um, um, engaged in, in production cuts um, and that's been taken positively by the markets and the oil price has, has risen accordingly. It's always worth noting with commodities that they often represent US dollar denominated assets as well, so some of the, the currency moves would affect if you weren't directly invested in as Eurozone investors. Yes. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. Then I suppose we've discussed obviously already the, the key influence in the market has been the Euro currency. Um, and we did see it strengthen further over, over the course of the month. So uh, might just go back to some of the activity and the positions that we may have changed over, over the last month. And, uh, and you did briefly mention earlier um, a change in our US equity positioning and also perhaps how we hedge against currency risk as active managers. Is that something we might discuss in further detail? Okay, Ian. Um, well, first of all, just overall, we are still uh, we have an overweight equity position and a very much underweight government bond position in our multi-asset portfolios. So um, that is, is working reasonably well for us. And that uh, position of overweight equities, underweight government bonds is based on the, the relative value argument that on a yield basis, equities look much more attractive than, than government bonds. Although we do have to factor in that the, on a price earnings basis, um, on an anchor valuation basis, equities are not quite as attractive. Yeah but they are on a relative uh, value argument. Within the equity position, uh, we, are, we remain uh, overweight in Europe and Asia ex-Japan, and we've also increased the hedge we have from US dollars back into the euro currency to protect from any further upward move in, in the euro currency. And it's interesting, that's, that's a discretion we have as an active manager to, to be fully hedged or fully on hedge or, or partly as, as we see fit on market positions? Yeah, we don't believe in the swings and roundabouts theory. We believe that uh, if there is going to be a significant move in a currency, we should, we should move to, to hedge positions yeah. uh, in those circumstances. And that's what we've done for the last couple of months. Um, I suppose it's worth noting, even, even if you are underweight the US as a position, it's still very much the most dominant market in the world and something that, that always does have a large amount of our attention. Yes, yeah, so the US is, is over 50% of the, the globe, it represents over 50% of the global index, so it's always going to be an important feature in, in any global portfolio. Just on, 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 on sectors, just to cover that off, I mean, just um, we are uh, you know, overweight in, in two, two main sectors, uh, basic materials and consumer discretionary stocks. Uh, we're underweight in healthcare and in energy. And we've taken down over the last couple of months our technology position from being significantly overweight to, to more of a neutral position. Okay. So they're, they're the main sector positions at the moment. Perfect. I think that um, covers everything else 
from us here. Um, that brings us to the end of our monthly investment update. Thank you, Richard, for the in-depth analysis and thank you, our listeners, for your time. Um, as always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, please visit ZurichLife.ie. Thank you very much. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.